Hey guys, welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Um, this week, I'm so unbelievably excited to share this episode. I uh, recorded a couple nights ago with one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Calvin Johansson, who if you have listened to previous episodes, you may have heard of this man. <laughs> but uh, I'm a huge Calvin Johansson fan, and I know I'm biased because... I just love the dude, um, but he truly is one of the most inspirational, motivational people I know. He just lives and breathes inspiration, uh, especially in my life. And to be quite honest, Calvin is one of the main reasons I started this podcast last year. Um for one reason, uh, Calvin was on his 14ers quest. He was in the midst of it when I started the podcast, and he was about 50 mountains in, and he ultimately did over 100 mountains in 100 days. And by that, I mean he climbed over 100 or the 100 tallest mountains in the continental United States in 100 days. And so he was in the middle of that crazy, unbelievable quest, and I kind of thought to myself, Man, if he is brave enough to step up to that daunting challenge, then surely I can be brave enough to take on one of my goals, something I had in my mind for, you know, a few years previous. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I just wanted to share his story because his day by day just attempts on these mountains were exhilarating. They're thrilling, you know, they were... <laughs> If you listen to our previous episodes at times, like death defying without even really like not to be over dramatic, but truly were death defying at times. Um, so I wanted a platform where basically my, my friends could have a voice and share some of this awesome stuff they were doing. I also just selfishly wanted to record some of the conversations I had with Calvin because I mean, dude, you sit down, you go out, we went out for pizza last week. I was back in Iowa um, and I got to hang out with Calvin for like four days, which is awesome. But uh, we went out for pizza and during, you know, the 20 minutes you're sitting there scarfing down a pizza, Calvin's just hitting you with all sorts of inspiration, asking really good questions to make you think deeply about your own life and, you know, talking about how he's reflecting and what his goals are. And when you hear someone talking that openly about these ideas you automatically get inspired you automatically get motivated to take on your own your own stuff and tackle your own goals um so you know selfishly i wanted to record the conversations because he hits you with so much information and so much good thought you know good th thinking food is that a thing thinking food i don't know but like good stuff for you to really chew on that Ultimately, some of it just goes in one ear out the other. And so, like I said, I'm selfishly wanting to have this conversation and record it so I can go back and listen to all the awesome stuff that he had to say that, uh, that I didn't pick up on the first time because I was thinking about some other awesome thing he had to say. Um, so yeah, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, I also realized about halfway through recording it that... Even though he's been on the show a few times previous, 
we haven't really shared his story. Like, where did he come from? What, you know, has he always been as reflective and introspective as he is now? Um, has he always been as successful? What was the Calvin Johansson like even just like eight years ago? Because um, I can tell you, because I've known him for a while. We were acquaintances during college and you know, friends. We were friends during college. We weren't super close. Um, but something changed in Calvin's life where all of a sudden things just started clicking. And, you know, he went from basically someone who was inactive sitting in front of a computer screen for work to a dude who's stepping up to and just like tackling these massive athletic goals, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, we share that story and, and really I, I would break this podcast down into thirds almost. So the first third, we're going to talk about goal setting and reflecting and how we all can be successful going into 2018. Um, and what Calvin does for this process. Uh, the second second part of the podcast, I would say we share Calvin's story, kind of get into just the quest of Calvin, the quest of Cal. Um, and then the third part, <laughs> I can't remember what we called it, but we got I got a good kick out of whatever Calvin called that segment. Um, it was basically stories that I knew that were funny, uh, that we didn't have... I didn't want to interrupt him earlier in the podcast. So at the end, he shares a couple um, kind of hilarious stories um, that go along with his quest. So anyways, guys, I hope I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, the two episodes with Calvin previous were number 18 and number two. And they are honestly two of my favorite episodes uh, that we've recorded here at the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Um, they're all about his 14 requests, climbing mountains, facing danger in the, f I was going to say in the face, but that doesn't, that doesn't flow off the tongue. Facing danger in the face, guys. You know what? I'm going to go with it. So he was facing this danger in the face <laughs> and he was sharing kind of the mistakes and the, uh, adventures he had along the way. Um, he also was on number 52, which was Bigfoot sighting. So he was on for about 20 minutes talking about his join 100 club which you 100% need to check out. So that's join100club.com or the 100 Club on Facebook, and it'll help push you towards your own goals. Um, you can also follow Cal on Instagram at, I believe it's just Calvin Johansson, so spell it the way, uh, the way you see it on here. Um, if you really like his stuff, I mean... He's done so many things. He made a documentary called Broke, Busted, and Disgusted that was shown on C-SPAN, I believe. Um, he's been on the Unlock Wellness podcast with Dr. Casey. He's been on the Dream, Think, Do podcast with Mitch Matthews. So those are all excellent things to check out as well. And his Instagram is calvin.johansson. Um, yeah, guys, that was a lot. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoy the show, Please go on iTunes, leave us a review, you know, send me some love over this holiday season. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, and then you check out the rest of our archives. I promise you'll find something that'll connect with you. I promise. Um, we're on episode 72. So, you know, one out of 72 has to connect with you and really inspire you. And we've had some amazing guests. It's My mind's been blown with the amount of awesome guests we've had on. So... But yes, let's get into it. One of the most awesomest, yep, that's right, 
most awesomest guest yet. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, episode number 72 with Calvin Johansson. All right, Calvin, man, I got to tell you. Well, first of all, I, as I was running today, I was like kind of thinking about what we could talk about on the podcast, um, which I told you I only wrote down like three things. <laughs> so so uh, one of the things I wrote down too is completely pointless because I got back to my car and I'm like, I wonder what the worst line to open a podcast could be. <laughs> so I wanted, to hear, right. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. What do you think like the worst line to open this podcast i think the worst line would be like hey uh what's your name again who am i talking to (laughs) that's great man i was (laughs) i think i'm gonna start the podcast from here on out um i i wrote down if i was like hey calvin let's expand our minds today i thought that would be a pretty, pretty shitty one Seems kind of lame. Yeah. So apologies, though, if there is a podcast out there that starts by saying, like, let's expand our minds. So, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> um, welcome back to the podcast, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I don't know. Is this like the 12th time I've been on this? <laughs> well, you know what? I was going to no, say this. So, maybe. like, you've been on probably five or six times, I would say. But no, what really? I think maybe three. Well, you popped in for one as I was recording the outro, just because you were staying at our house. Oh, and like then, okay, this is like a trivia question where it's like uh, Easter egg. If I show up for one line, um, okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah, man. I think but it was, full episode. I guess full episodes. Maybe this is like maybe our third or fourth. This encounter. is our this is our third. So I want you to kind of describe what I'm doing. Ready? Dropping the hat? Yeah, man. Dude, h- hockey. Think hockey. Um, I, I'm i not a hockey fan, so I do not. I don't get it. Well, that just ruins it. Um, oh, oh, wait. Never mind. Hat trick. Yes. I get it. It's a hat yes. trick. It's when you score three goals in hockey, dude. Everyone throws their hats on the ice. So this is your I hat do, trick. I do remember that from NHL 95 on Sega Genesis, in which I would be the Detroit Red Wings often and get hat tricks nice man uh to- totally horrible choice with the detroit red wings though but uh what i dude i'm blackhawks all the way um i Ooh, gotta rivalry. say though i know um you're the first guest to be back for the the official third episode really i beat yeah. travis stefan you beat travis stefan well once again yes. it gets weird because travis was has been on it three <laughs> times so okay but officially but full episodes yes right. full just in a full hour dedicated to me. Hell yes. yeah, dude. All Calvin all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So I wanted to specifically, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, I was just back in Iowa and we just hung out for like three or four days straight. And I didn't, we didn't record a podcast then because we were like way too busy playing board games yeah. and roof ball. Um, <laughs> and escaping the yes. room oh dude well i i do want to actually get into escape rooms on here a bit today um which is a bit outside the norm for this podcast but uh i wanted to have you on this close to the new years because you are definitely my the person in my life who really kind of pushes me to think reflect um you know and think about what i want 
the future to look like. So, so yeah, man, I kind of want to get into that today. I want to get into how to actually set, I don't want to say new year's resolutions cause I don't necessarily like that word or like idea, but how do we set the goals? Cause I think new year's is really a time to reflect and, you know, reflect on the previous year, reset, and then kind of move forward on some stuff. Yeah, it just seems like a natural um, a natural way to, as the year kind of winds down, usually seasonally, I think people's work slows down. You get, uh, it's a good reminder you're with friends and family. So it's kind of like you get this reminder of preciousness of life, the important things in life. It allows you to kind of go into maybe like a hibernation where things slow down before they kind of ramp up. Maybe it's because most places I think of in Iowa, the winter, so it's like the coldest, darkest months. It's kind of like this holistic approach of, you know, winding down and then you breathe new life and it just ramps up. So it just seems like a perfect time of year to reflect on the past 12 months, perhaps, and then maybe uh, look forward to the next year, so to speak. And, you know, this is a process that I highly advise doing more often than once a year because you'll get better results. Um, You know, instead of reflecting every 12 months maybe reflect every three months or six months you know more often you do something the better results you're going to get but naturally at at minimum this is a great time to kind of reflect you know big wins maybe some losses what went well what what didn't go well um celebrate some things that you accomplished that you know it's amazing in a year how many things go by and happen that we forget about um and then you know of course we can now then create targets for the next year or goals and set, you know, things that we want to do. We want to be intentional with our life and make some plans for things to happen. Yeah, man. So do you, do you set kind of, how do you set time aside to go about and reflect? Like, are you going on walks? Are you just, cause I'm trying to think, how would I do this? Like actually sitting down and reflecting, am I journaling? Am I sitting in my office or am I doing it on a run and I just don't play music or podcasts or anything. Yep. I'm just thinking like, how do you go about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone has their way of doing things. Life. I'm a big believer. There's not one perfect way. Um, however, for me, I guess I'm in some sense, I'm probably always in a constant state of reflection. Um, just so I can kind of see how my days, weeks, months are going. Uh, so throughout the year, I'll, I'll just notice like my mind will naturally drift and be thinking about the current moment. Like, What are things are going well? What are things not going well? What are things I wish I was working on? Um, And those things just kind of stay top of mind. So the quickest thing that I may do is uh, on my iPhone, I use the notes app and I'm constantly, if I have a thought, I just pull it up and I write it down, journal it, whether it's like a, a project idea, a business idea, a quote that I heard or a piece of advice, just like it's kind of mayhem, but it's a capture also, it kind of goes there. And what I find is, you know, throughout the months and stuff, there's always recurring themes or recurring thoughts that keep popping back up. And so as it gets near the end of the year, um, specifically, I guess we'll try to keep this process for a year. But I I mean, I try to do this quarterly, actually. But um, for for right now, this seasonal getting towards the end of the year, uh, I'll quickly just kind of do a brain dump. you know, these thoughts have already been kind of top of mind at some point. So they're ready to just pour out of me. And I try to keep it really simple where it's just like, I just pull up a blank document. I use Google Docs. You could use Microsoft Word or you could journal it out, whatever. But I just start quickly bullet pointing, writing stuff down with no filter of um, things that are on top of my mind. Usually kind of 
work life event life related projects or ideas or or those things um and then i let it sizzle i let it sit for maybe a few weeks uh as the end of the year really wraps up and then i dive i go back in there once i've given it some space and that allows me to look at things more intentionally and rearrange them and then start to really plan for the next year yeah so you kind of go back in your you almost like rank them as to what's most important to you yeah so and actually i just did this day so uh what one of my processes i just actually showed a video the other day as far as how i go about planning for the next year and i started doing this a few years ago and and again i just get the blank sheet of paper in front of me and i just start typing out ideas or thoughts things i would like to do um directions i want to take my businesses businesses projects I'd like to do, uh, personal quests that I have, whether it's, you know, self-development, physical activities or trips kind of stuff, just goal oriented. Right. And I just get them all in front of me. And then I use the process of a process of elimination, so to speak, to reorder them. And what that means is you basically, let's just say you have 10 items, right? And most likely maybe you have 30 or 50 items, but let's just say you have 10 and you just grab one of them and uh, say it's your first item and you compare it to your second item. You say, is this first item more important than my second one? If it is, then you go to the third item. You say, is number one more important than number three? And if it turns out you're like, nope, number three is more important, the number three goes to the top of the list and now you're like, okay, it's number three more important than number, uh, which is now number one, excuse me, three is moved to number one. And you're like, okay, is this number one? Is this more important than two, three, four? Yeah. And if you go through that, you're in a natural order of uh, how things are more important to you. And I do that kind of quickly because you already probably know, go with your intuition, your first instinct of what's most important. And once I've kind of done that, uh, I'll get the, I'll still have this big list of stuff, which is very overwhelming and i know i try to be overly ambitious uh i try to shoot for the moon you know so that way at least i'm getting something done instead of nothing but uh then i take another like you know uh a four-step approach a quarterly approach where i say okay in the next year say if i have these 20 things i'd like to do now if i try to focus on all this at one time like there's no possible way i'm i'm gonna get this done i'm setting myself up for failure so what I do is I just take the four quarters of the year and I say, okay, um, where do things naturally fall? Maybe maybe if one of my goals is an international trip or personally it's two international trips. So I know I'm not going to do that in one quarter, one three-month period. So maybe I'll put one of those goals in quarter four and the other one in quarter two. So I know they're about six months apart and that seems totally doable. And then again, I'll go back to kind of like that the list of most important things and if something on my list is most important that i want to do that first so i might put that in the first quarter of the year and i just naturally start plotting them down into like four quadrants so the four quarters and i start planning for that and you know then i just with the turn of the year turns over i focus on quarter one and i try not to focus all on those other things unless like they're really big projects and i yeah. have to kind of a little bit um but that's how you kind of attack it and then when you get to the end of the quarter you can uh, reflect just in those last three months and be like, okay, am I at where I want to be at? If it's not, how can I pivot or change for the remaining three months? And maybe that means you have to move some things around on your calendar a little bit. But that's kind of my approach. Like I want to say I think it's a super simple approach. Like I try not to get overly complex. And it's like to me the power of a list is so powerful. It's like you just write the things down. 
you order them in importance and then block them out into some months that you can try to stay committed and be disciplined and, you know, follow through with your goals. Yeah. Do you have that hanging up in your house at all or like right in front of your computer or behind your computer or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, I do just keep all my stuff digital just cause I'm kind of on the go. It's like the format I like. Uh, so I naturally, I just have a bookmark on my computer and it's like the first or third bookmark on my browser that I open up and then periodically I'll click on it and I'll check in and then all that stuff corresponds with kind of my to-do list and stuff. But it's always like my guiding light. Um, one other step further that I will take things, what I call a direction document. Um, and that whole idea is each day of my life, I have a daily direction that makes sure that I'm, I'm staying the course of where I want to be going. Like it's so easy in our lives to be reactive to things that come in. And before you know it, we spend a whole day of doing the unimportant things. All these urgent things pop up and we feel like we have to do them. We feel like we have to return phone calls or return emails or run errands. And then the day gets over and we don't feel accomplished because we didn't work on the important stuff. So uh, what I'll do is I'll take that a daily, the direction document and uh, which is just kind of accumulation of the things I need to be focused, focusing on in the immediacy from my annual quarterly goals. And um, I just have a few of those things that are reminders and I'll print that out and then I'll have a hard copy and I'll try to look at that every day to remind myself uh, what I need to be working on. Nice, man. Have you ever gotten to the end of a quarter and maybe like you haven't accomplished what you set out to accomplish and then you've just had to like scrap the idea? Has that ever happened or do you always kind of pivot it into something else? Yeah, no, the, it happens every quarter. I still have <laughs> half of my list left over. Um, and I've sat in masterminds with friends and I'm like, okay, what I did last quarter or how I failed was I tried to do too much. So I need to do even less. And then I'll share them with my big plans for the quarter. And they just look at me. They're like, dude, you're doing the same thing you just did where you're trying to do too much. And I'm That's like, why I'm I laughing, know. man. Because I remember <laughs> talking to you while you're doing the 14ers quest. And uh, I just remember you very clearly being like, listen, man, I've just had this realization on this 14ers thing. And that's if I put all my focus and energy into just one thing, like look at what I can accomplish. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. And then, you know, a couple months later, you're calling me up with all these ideas and, and things like yeah. that, which I love. I think that's great. I love that you're an idea man and that you pursue all these different things, but it, it just it's, makes me laugh. It's, it's the light side of the dark side of me, uh, <laughs> you know, but we, I think we all have, probably a lot of people can struggle with this and they all know that person friends it's like they're always working on something but then things never really get finished because they're always working on something they're on to something new and i struggle with that it's like shiny object syndrome um and and you know i just and it's something i always struggle with i have to keep reminding myself to try and do less be more focused and i know i'm not perfect it's obviously a discipline um, some I struggle with them just like, I feel like I can do it all. Like I'm overly ambitious and I feel like there's only, we have such limited time and have all these ideas. I want to, I just want to do them all. Um, and I'll feel like, okay, if today, if I don't, if I'm in a waiting period on a project or feedback, someone's like, all right, let me work on the next thing or whatever. So, uh, I know historically, uh, other people have struggled with this, but they've also shown us the power of focus and discipline. Just like, you know, if you really do have just one big project this quarter, it's kind of ask yourself, like, if you can only do one thing over the next three months, the most important thing, what would that be? And then you say to yourself, no matter what, 
What are you going to do to do one thing every single day to make this thing move forward so that you're you're done with it, you know? Yeah. Um, in a perfect world, one thing that I struggle with is as this guy who's self-employed, I have clients. So projects pop up and then I have to do work, which is what pays the bills, put food on the table or some of my other aspirational stuff is around launching <laughs> new businesses or ideas or you know, just self-development things, you know? So sometimes like those priorities, things pop around, but you know, there is something powerful. And I do actually, this is one of my things where I really envy individuals where um, I've got these people in my network where it's like, they're not really idea people or if they are, they're just incredibly focused and they just do the one thing, right? Um, and they don't do anything else. And I'm just like, I really envy those people because if I was in those shoes, it's, and this might be my ego talking about, I'm like, if I was in those shoes, I could be so freaking successful because I knew I would just have to focus on that one area of work. Um, for example, it'd be like a real estate agent or somebody. It's like, if you knew you're growing a practice to be a real estate agent. It's like, man, I know I just got to focus on getting more clients to help more people where it's like, I struggle. It's like, I always want to start four businesses or four ideas. I'm spread all over the place, you know, but, uh, those people who are kind of laser focused or they don't have lots of ideas they want to work on. They're just much more simpler. I do envy that very often. Yeah. Well, it's funny. And then you have your friend, Chris, just egging you on like, yeah, man, that sounds like an awesome <laughs> idea. Like, I feel like that's my role in the world is just when people tell me ideas, I'm like, you should definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. And so this is, and this is a good reminder, Chris, thanks for challenging on this of, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, we're giving this advice of people or what I do. And then probably people hear me. It's like, wait a minute, it sounds like this isn't working for them at all. And I think you look at anybody past in history, successful and successful or whatever. Um, they're always they're always going to run out of time. They're always going to have too many ideas and aspirations and what they have their limited time for, right? But um, I'm a big believer that at least if I set goals, aspirations, and I write down ten things that I only accomplish, you know, three of them, at least I accomplish three of them, and that's better than not writing down anything and then I don't do anything, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. Well, I like the idea of just writing down what's the most important thing for me over the next three months. And, you know, I guess you could have other things on the list as well, but you have that one important thing where it's like, no matter what, I want to accomplish this. And, you know, if I accomplish the other things, that's great. But every day I have to do something that serves this big main purpose. You know, yeah. I think that's really important in there because, you know, I mean, it's, it would be great to only be focused on one thing, but I don't think that's necessarily realistic because you have all these areas of your life, you know, like yep. you have loved ones, you have like a, you have girlfriends or I have kids and my wife and I also have a job and you have a job and, you know, you have all of these other areas that are also need your attention and need your like focus and presence and stuff, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. I do this thing called um, the 100-Day Commitment, join100club.com. And it's something I've been doing since I started in September of 2015. And it was essentially just a 100-day daily commitment to learn the handstand. I just said every single day I'm going to practice for 15 minutes no matter what. And since then I've gone on to do several 100-day commitments. But it's, in, it's incredibly powerful for me uh, with those things, it's like a, it's like a short term goal. It's like, all right, for the next three months, a hundred days, uh, it's just a little over three months. It's like, here's something I'm going to focus on. And no matter what I'm doing this, like, I know life's going to be busy, but 
regardless, I'm going to do this 100-day commitment. And, and recently was uh, I took uh, a guitar commitment. And, you know, I've been playing guitar for 13, 14 years, but never been at the level I've really aspired to because I've never really put in the diligent practice. And I was just – I'm blown away uh, at where I am from where I started just three months ago. And it all came from – a 15-minute daily commitment, no matter what. And that can be applied to right now I'm doing it. Now I'm doing yoga every day, um, which I'm feeling fantastic. But it could be applicable to dieting or if you're in a business, it's like spending 15 minutes a day on a business that it's pretty amazing what you'll get done, the you know the cumulative compound effect of just doing a daily effort. It doesn't have to be hours. Again, it's that short 30 minutes or 15 minutes or so but it's every day putting a little bit of effort in and then you know in the course of a week even like if you spend 15 minutes you're going to spend an hour and a half plus or something right forgive my math at the moment but almost two hours of effort whereas that's better strategy than saying okay on friday i'm going to work on this for two hours like yeah you won't or you may miss that chance on friday something else comes up and you don't get the two hours and like you missed it so um it is if you at least out of all your aspirations, if you're if you're gonna focus on something, New Year's resolutions or something in the new year, just say, in the in this next quarter, what's the most important thing to me, and what can I commit to do daily progress on this thing? So that way, in three months, I've I've made a lot of progress. Yeah, man. You know what I just realized? We this is the third podcast with you, and we really haven't gone back and explored just the story of Calvin. You know. Mm-hmm. Like we just yeah. jumped in because you were in the middle of the 14ers project. So I was like, tell me about mountains and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was just, I, I've known you since college and, you know, we were, we were definitely, I would say in college, we were like acquaintances, you know, like we were friendly and stuff, but we didn't become really close friends until, you know, a few years afterwards. But I just want, can you kind of like paint a picture like, have you always been this kind of conscious of what you're doing or, you know what I mean? Like you've started, you started a business like directly out of college, but were you always aware of this or is, has all of this, um, you know, drive towards success? Has that kind of formulated like as you've gone about, you know, through your years of experience? Yeah. The, uh, great question in which, it seems more often in recent years, I get this question every so often from people who just reach out, say on social media, and they'll be like, hey man, you're so, you're, you seem, you're so inspiring, you're so committed, like you're so focused, like how did you get to how you are? And I'm like, I guess they're seeing me in some kind of light. And I, I kind of laugh at that, I'm like, oh man, if you only knew, like if you hung out with me for a day, like I'm embarrassed with my efforts, right? Like <laughs> I'm missing on my commitments and goals, but uh, you know, I'm, you know, social media portrays you in one image, but I like to say that I am, I like to take a conscious and try to have awareness in my life. And I don't know that uh, I can contribute to one defining moment of say in the last few years that like, it was like, I had an enlightenment or epiphany or a wake up call. Uh, But I do kind of going back, I guess, to my story for what I could remember. Uh, I remember being in college and I grew up on a farm. So I grew up in Schleswig, Iowa, which is Farmville next to a town of 800 people. Grew up on the farm. I was always kind of like the sports and athletic kid. 
uh, and loved, liked computers and things and really liked music. And I went to college. I just went to college to go to college. And throughout my existence, all the way up through college, I always had multiple jobs. Since I was in middle school, I was always working, whether I was like working on the farm, working for other farmers, whether I was roofing houses, uh, working oh, at Fairway, worst being a janitor. Job. What's the worst job? <laughs> what was the worst one? Uh, <laughs> worst job. Um, I'll tell you I don't know. They've real all... quick. I was detasseling corn. Have you ever done that? I didn't. I chose roofing instead, and Good I'd choice. be early morning working on the roof, and I'd hear detasseling horror stories, so I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Dude, you close your eyes, and all you see is corn. You see your <laughs> yeah. hands. Your hands are green, first of all, because all you're doing all day is like going through rows of corn, which now I think about it. I'm like, do they, do they have better ways to do that? You know? Yeah. Like We live in technology <laughs> age. I think they do, but anyways, tangents. Uh, so I remember I, I got through college. And I remember a mutual friend of ours, Travis, who we had on the podcast. We met freshman year, and I think it was around our junior year, maybe towards the end of our sophomore. We started talking more about the idea of working for yourself. Um, and I had never really thought about this idea of entrepreneurship or self-employment, right? Um, but we kept talking through years of college and we started actually try to work together. We tried to start our own business called sin clothing, uh, in which I didn't have a lot of passion for. Like it was a great idea to start working with. I got to stretch some of my creative muscles as far as graphic design and things. And we quickly parted ways and he proceeded. Um, but it kind of showed me the potential of entrepreneurship, I guess, self-employment. And, I don't know, fast forward a little bit farther and uh, I graduate college and I move home. And this is kind of an interesting part in my story when I think back because most people, it's like you're graduating for college, your last, your senior year, and you should be applying for jobs or something, right? That's the next evolutionary step. You get a degree, you get a job, you have a career. And I found myself, graduation came and went. I moved home with the plan that uh, I was going to work for my brother a little bit who does manual labor, concrete construction work, not related to my major at all, which was electronic media, so like video production. And my goal was I was going to move home, immediately start working with him. So I moved back to the farm, way back to small town Iowa. And the goal is to work to pay off some debts, some credit card debts, and then I was going to apply for jobs in the meantime, even though I hadn't applied for any jobs leading up to graduation. And... I don't know what it was, but uh, maybe it's because I had that initial thought of bug of entrepreneurship in me. But over the next six months or so, I, I worked with my brother a little bit, or I worked with him a lot full time. And uh, I started doing a couple of little freelance gigs I would travel for every now and then, like I'd do shoot some weddings or something. Uh, but I found myself quickly, time was flying by, and like five months had passed, and I realized I had not applied for any jobs. I really hadn't paid off much debt and life was just kind of existing. Like I had no real intentional journey thing yeah, going man. on. Can we pause there for one second? Yeah. Because I feel like in relating this to setting goals and reflecting on the last year, that happens, man. Like you just one day you're riding on that kind of just momentum of life and work and routine. And one day you, you can just all of a sudden open your eyes, quote unquote, and be conscious of the fact of like, whoa, time went by, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is the weirdest uh, feeling. It's so weird where you're like, ah, time went by and I feel like I wasn't fully present in the time I 
was spending, you know? Yeah, this makes me think of the quote, um, I'm going to paraphrase this, but by Aristotle, and it basically says that uh, excellence is a habit in that it's what we do every day that makes us who we are. And it is our lives, if we break down the grand scheme of life, we shrink it way down, it really comes down to how we spend our days. And before you know it, days go by fast and weeks go by fast and months go by faster and soon it's years. Like it's, it's really easy to just get up, go to work from eight to five, come home, maybe spend an hour of leisure activity or two, maybe work out, eat something, sit on the couch, watch TV, fall asleep, repeat. And it's easy to fall in that cycle. Uh, I've been there. And uh, so with like five months or so, it's like I started to have a little bit of a kind of wake up. Like I had been starting to buy a lot of books and start reading them on entrepreneurship and stuff. And at the time I was following some online bloggers and like motion graphics world and just starting to get into podcasts and stuff. But I saw my future, so to speak, um, in in my brother. And like my brother and I are very 180s, right? Uh, he was that farm kid, the kind of manual labor guy. And nothing against that. That's just who he is. But that was that's not me. And I so to, so to speak, I kind of saw my future. And I thought, wow, if I don't do something, if I don't make a change, I'm just going to end up back here in Sussex, probably doing manual labor. And like, this is not what I want life, I didn't necessarily know what I want, but I know that is what I did not want. And that was powerful enough for me to be like, hey, man, sorry, bro, I've loved this opportunity you've given me, but I need to take these skill sets that I've acquired and I need to try and put them to use because, I don't know, my life's, it's not, quote, going where I'd like it to be going, right? So at the six-month mark, uh, I, I quit and I moved back to Waterloo, Iowa. I had a friend, I went to college at, Cedar Falls at University of Northern Iowa, and I had a friend who was going to let me crash on his couch. Like I really had no plan, and it's it's the story of I had about three hundred and fifty dollars. Maybe I had a little bit more, but I had about that much, like five hundred dollars in my checking account. Um, but I just remember being like, okay, I was I was going to be good for a month, and my brother's going to give me another paycheck that he owed me in like another couple of weeks or something. Yeah, and no plan. I just moved up, had a spot to crash on somebody's couch, and. I knew I just had started doing something with the skill sets I had, which was video production, motion graphics. And from that point on, I just kind of started reaching out through my network and opportunities, oddly enough, started to pop up and I started getting freelancing gigs and then slowly but surely I built clientele. Um, and I just kept reading more books, uh, listening to more podcasts and stuff, which maybe were all kind of shaping my mind towards awareness and intentionality. Uh, I, I can't contribute to one event, but you know, fast forward now and it's been eight what's the year 20 it's been like eight years i've been self-employed and since that journey started which blows my mind if we want to talk about you know getting caught up in the cycles of the mundane i can't believe i've somehow been doing what i've been doing for eight <laughs> years uh so you know somewhere along that way like uh and i'll be honest and then so i don't know if anyone's charting this down but uh so i kind of in 2009 november of 2009 I, I went in business for myself. That was roughly six months out of college. And the next two years, I really kind of honed in just focusing on my business, trying to like make money, pay off debt. Um, and somewhere along the way, again, I kind of lost myself a little bit. I, I had a lot of computer time. I lost my physical health for sure. Um, I was no longer the 185 pound athletic, 185 pound athletic kid that I always was. One day I look in the mirror and it's like I'm 230 pounds, 40 pounds overweight. 45 pounds. I've just, I was like, how did I get here? You know, and it's like 
Well, it's because every day I woke up and I had a big gulp for breakfast and a bag of chips. And I literally started my day like that. I'd go to the yeah. gas station, get a big gulp and suck on that. And I'm sure I started making, I knew I was making poor food choices, eating fast food, blah, blah, blah. Wasn't exercise anymore, like wasn't active. And uh, one big wake up call for me was um, I had been in a two year relationship. I'd moved to, to Des Moines with a girl. Um, it was kind of a rough relationship. It, it didn't pan out, right? And uh, we split up for the better. Um, and reflecting back on now, it's like, you know, she got the short end of the shaft because I realized through all this, I looked in the mirror one day in January probably of 2012, I think, if my timeline lines up. And I was like, I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now looking back. But essentially, I had stopped loving myself. The idea of self-love, self-care, which... I didn't know anything about or, you know, I didn't grow up being an emotional kid or those things. But for me to get to a place like that in life and be unaware from it, it it all came from an internal lack of self-love and desire. And instantly it was like, man, I want to get my body and health back in check. So I started like making better food choices. I started running, started just starting to set little goals. And then like before I know it, that just started to create a snowball to where and what I've accomplished by by now. Um, and it was like through that path, like from then on, it's like just knowing the power of intention of setting my own personal goals and having something to aim for and just knowing that like if I don't pick my life's journey or at least part of it or try to like pick the roads I wanna walk down, then I'm just gonna aimlessly wander on some other street and I'm gonna wake up one day and not, not be where I wanna be, not necessarily that I know, again, that I know where I wanna go, but I'm gonna know that I, I'm at where I don't want to be. And I think, you know, you don't have to have, I know I don't have things figured out being like, this is the exact kind of life I want. And this is exactly what I'm trying to accomplish. But I do know the things that I don't want to be doing and what I don't want to accomplish. And so to do the opposite of those and kind of stay clear of those, like that helps shapes me closer to where um, it allows me to realize or discover the things that I do want to do. That dude, that really connects with, that really connects with me because I've always kind of felt that I've never really had like a major goal, you know, like I look at like, for instance, our buddy Travis, and he's always had like just aspirations in business. And you know what I mean? Like he's always been like, I want, he knows what he wants in life and he's like working his way to get there. And I've never been that way, man. But what you just said where it's like, I don't necessarily know what, where I want to be or what I want to do but I do know what I don't want to do. And I know for me, one of the big things is like complacency. I don't want to just wake. I don't want to have the moment where I wake up and I'm like, holy crap, it's been like 10 years (laughs) and I haven't done anything, you know? Yeah. Life's very pressure. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this of, again, people may not know exactly what they want, but they have their curiosities that lead them and they're led by curiosity. So they kind of chase those aspirations. And that's what I love about the whole idea of, you know, if you set some goals in a year, say, hey, I wanted to focus towards this and you realize in three months, like you don't really want that goal or you just focus on three months at a time. Then it's like you might discover a new curiosity and it's like follow that little follow that breadcrumb, you know, and go that way, which is, you know, that's what I like to live my month almost or my life three months at a time, to be honest. Like I like zooming down to that. It's like commit, do some stuff for three months and then figure out what you want to do for the next three months. Yeah, man. <laughs> You're like <laughs> You're like a much slower Vin Diesel. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, it's doesn't funny. It's like, isn't that the quote in Fast and the Furious? Isn't he like, I, I live my life six seconds at a time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, you're slower a little bit. But I love little, it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, so like speaking of our buddy Travis or people who do know what they want, like say business aspirations, yeah. right? Um, it's interesting because some people, success is all relative or subjective, I guess is a better word. Like you define your own success and what that means to you. And I was at my colleague's house the other day, um, my buddy Alex, who I've worked with for the last five years or so, him and I have worked. And I said, to be honest with you, there's times where I feel like a super big failure because I'll talk to other entrepreneurs or I'll walk into places and people are building what I see as businesses, right? Like they've got employees, they've got buildings, like they're scaling up. And I look at the impact they're having and like the vision. And then I look at what I've done and it's like, I've had one employee, <laughs> which was Alex, and eventually we branched off and we continue to work together. Um, but at the same time, I said, you know, like every year we're able to generate some pretty good income. Um, it allows us to have some time flexibility and schedule flexibility. And I realized that at this point in life, like I'm okay with that because by choosing the path how I've decided to work my professional life, it's given me a lot of freedoms, right? And, and by having lack of responsibilities of not having employees and stuff, uh, but it's also allowed me like a financially good life. Like I've got to become debt free. I'm making investments and I'm making things happen. I realize like, you know what? I just don't have the aspirations to yeah. build a big team. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, just trying to figure out like what, and again, it's those things you got to decide, like what you want, what you don't want. It's like right now, like I don't want to build a big team of people. And so I had to like think about that the other day. I was top of mind of like how I felt like a failure because when people ask, like I look at my friends and it's like, man, they're building companies with all of a sudden they go from zero to 20 employees in a year and they're just like have all these clients. I'm just like, oh my God, like what am I doing in life? But you know, it's that's the ego. It's feeling shattered. But all of a sudden I zoom back out. I'm saying, you know what? Like as long as I'm following my curiosities and I'm doing the things I want to do, like I feel successful. Yeah, man. Well, I know you value time freedom um, more than like money. Well, not money freedom either, but I'm just saying like you value like your commodity of time more than a lot of people I know. And I think most people would like to value their commodity of time, but they just don't think about it as much or they're not as, you know, focused or conscious of that. Yeah. There was actually one of my clients, we were just sitting down talking. He says, what would it, (laughs) he goes, how much would it cost to hire you half time or quarter time? Right. He's talking, I kind of laughed and his assistant, she laughed. She goes, he wouldn't want to give up that freedom. And I was like, in some sense, it's true. Like for me to have to report to somebody on the hour, like yeah. I've been able to do this for the last eight years my way. And I love that. And when it comes back to this commodity of time is I had a realization a few years ago around like financial freedom and, and time aspect. But, you know, money is one thing that people often chase. They think of that as success, like a bigger house, a bigger car, more stuff, yada, yada. But what's the flip side of that in that, you know, money is a renewable resource like it's infinite. You could have all the money in the world and still keep getting more money. Right. So where does it stop? However, what most people what you're trading for that is time, which is a non renewable resource. And for me, one day to have an epiphany of this was just like, holy shit, like for me to buy things or for me to own things, what's 
what's the cost? What's the true cost, which is a time cost. It's like, if I want to have a really nice vehicle, if I, I think of this, if I see a really nice pickup outside and this is not against anyone's personal choices, but for me, I'm not going to own a 60 or $70,000 pickup that gets 10 miles to the gallon. Like I think about how much time I have to work every month that gets traded just for that pickup to sit outside and 90% of the time it's not even used. It just sits in the driveway. And I think about the time they would take me to work that just goes towards that. Like to me, it's inefficient time spent and time is this most, it's the most precious commodity in the entire world. It's more precious than diamond, gold, anything like when people get to their deathbed, they would pay a trillion dollars for an extra hour of life. Like it's that precious. And to me, money is just a means. Um, it's great to have it. It sucks if you don't. Um, but at, at what scale, like how much do you really need to have a great content life? And for me, the most powerful aspect is more time, freedom and flexibility. It's something I love. It's like, I don't need to report to anyone and say, you know what, for these next few days, I'm going to take time off. I'm going to go to Colorado and go skiing or go hiking. Or today I want to work on physical fitness or something like, uh, you know, I guess it's just such a powerful, important thing to me. And it's honestly one of those messages that I want to spread to more people. And I'll sit down and I have conversations with them, especially the way I feel about finances, financial literacy and stuff. And which I like talking about numbers, but really it comes back to the important thing, which is time. Like I want people to realize time is finite. And we, we all, you know, we think average tells us that we get 80 years to live right on this earth. And Recently, uh, Chris, you and I, we were, we were gathered around an unfortunate event of our friend Travis, actually. His mother uh, suddenly passed away, yeah. uh, and she was just a hair under 61. She lived to be 60 and seven months, and that's 20 years short of the average life expectancy. So if we look at our life, and we all think we get 80 years, like it's guaranteed, but the truth is we don't know, yeah. right? Some of us aren't going to get it and it's like that's why to me every day matters and time matters and that's why it's important you put your attention energy or at least for me it's important to put my attention energy into the things that I'm curious and passionate about because at the end of the day I don't know if today is my last day or not but I thoroughly want to enjoy what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Yeah, definitely man and that's the whole being intentional like thinking about and being just being aware, I guess I, you know, and I struggle with this just as much as anyone else does, but the whole, like just distracting yourself, you know, like I'll go some days where I'll wake up in the morning and check my phone and I'll always make an excuse, you know, cause I'll be like, <laughs> I'll make an excuse of why I'm checking my phone. I'll be like, well, you know, like I'm about to go run. So I want to see what the temperature is, you know, where in reality, I should be like, it's four in the morning, dude. It's cold. The temperature is cold. Just put on a sweatshirt, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I'm like, And well, the reality <laughs> is you're committed anyways. You're going on the run regardless yeah. of what it is. Right? Exactly. So it's like, why am I even checking my phone in that instance? And then that goes from like, well, you know, I mean, my phone's open. It's 4.01 in the morning. <laughs> Might as well check my email just in case. Uh -huh. And like, no one ever emails me. You know what I mean? So... I just find there are days where I'll go through and be like or con constantly kind of distracting myself. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is so crazy. And I feel like even that, um, like if you're out and you're doing something fun and then there's the buzzing of your phone in your pocket, even that like checking it 
takes you out of the moment for that one it second. And it takes a little bit of time to get back in the moment, you know? It's, you know, there's um, science says, like, there's some studies of when you're interrupted doing a tax, uh, task, like, how long does it take you to get back into the flow state of being focused on that? And studies range from, like, 12 to 17 minutes. So, like, if you're focused on something and you get interrupted, you check your phone or you look at your email – it takes you on average 12 to 17 minutes to get focused back on that thing. So yeah, if you're out with friends or loved ones or whatever in the moment, if you pull your phone out of the pocket, like you've distracted yourself, like your brain power for the next 12 minutes away from the conversation that you should be having, which is probably way more important. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, and then like, so let's link that back to escape rooms (laughs) (laughs) perfect segue Um, perfect segue well and the reason i do want to link it back is because we went back and you know we were hanging with travis and we were you know taking him taking him out just having guy time which was awesome and we signed up for an escape room because we've always wanted to and uh legendarily failed last year on my birthday long story we won't (laughs) go into it uh but uh During the escape room, one thing I noticed is we did like none of us had our phones out because you're not supposed to use them. And I guess if you don't know what an escape room is, I don't know how popular these things are, Um, but they're basically you go in a room, they lock the door and there are various items and objects in there and you have to solve little mysteries that will help you find combinations that will open up drawers, chests. Um, all sorts of different things, and you try to eventually find a key to get out. Um, yeah, it's essentially like an hour-long puzzle that you have to collaborate and work together with people. It's an incredible experience. It was, man. Well, that's and you know, part of it was none of us could use our phones, so we're just completely, fully into this. Like, there was no other distractions, you know, minus making fun of our friend Brandon, but, uh, but there's no other distractions. So you're completely like engaged in this one, one task. And it is fun. Like, it's just interesting. Like even tying into when we're talking about focusing on one thing for the year, just how much you can accomplish when you're just solely putting all your brain energy into that one thing. Yeah. I would, one thing I'd recommend people try experimenting with, uh, it's something I need to remind myself often do, but it's like, if I sit down, uh, for two hours and you can make it one hour or two hours and to put your phone on airplane mode, throw it in the other room so you can't even look at it. Just turn off distractions and how much you can get done. You'll enter like a flow state in which you're like five times more productive in those two hours. You'll be, you'll get more done than you would an entire day of constantly being distracted, checking social media, checking stock prices, checking emails, whatever. Um, even, I mean, recently one of my favorite things was sitting down practicing the guitar and it's like, here's 15 minutes uninterrupted, which would always turn to like 30 minutes of me just jamming out flow state. But it's incredible the results that I would get. Yeah, definitely. And when then we left the escape room and instantly we're like, we got to do another one. So we drove like another hour <laughs> to Iowa City <laughs> to do one. But, uh, you know, we left and then we left the second one and our brains my at least mine anyways but i think i can speak for all of us our brains were completely exhausted and then it just made me kind of think about the kind of the brain as i don't want to say a muscle because i'm a science teacher and i know it's not a muscle but like working out the brain in ways that it doesn't usually normally get worked out in when you're in that 
mindless zombie mode, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, as a science teacher, you may know, Chris, I believe uh, <laughs> the brain roughly takes is responsible for 40% of the energy consumed uh, by your whole body. So the brain, if you do something highly mental, um, and I find myself, I do this like clients, we have a really big deep dive, like we're whiteboarding. I feel exhausted afterwards, like more exhausted than if I went and worked out. And that's because the brain will consume like 40% of your available energy to work on tasks. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I was, I've been thinking a lot about the brain actually. So I want to hear a couple of, uh, of some of your <laughs> other ideas on this. Um, today I was teaching and we were talking about like, I have seventh graders, so I always go into some lesson about like the teenage brain, like brain development. Um, mostly so they can see and kind of have like an understanding of what they're facing, like in their teenage years, like, you know, the whole, uh, you know, being very impulsive, not having that prefrontal cortex, like completely established at this point and what that does to their emotions, things like that. But it got me thinking too, cause we were watching a video clip and it's talking about, you know, just teenagers taking more risks and being more impulsive and, you know, obviously it's spun in somewhat of a negative light when they talk about that, but it's, it's also important. And I feel like it's important to be able to take risks and have that muscle quote unquote in your brain, have that pathway established where, you know, that even though you're taking a risk, it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, if you're, cause I just feel like we get, it's the whole comfort zone idea. We get stuck in our comfort zones and then it's really difficult to work your way out of those comfort zones. Yeah, it's essentially like uh, talking to strangers. So if, you, <laughs> if you're not used to this, go up and just try to talk to a stranger, right? Ask them something. And you'll probably get all this anxiety. You get sweaty palms, you get all you nervous. Get a fear response. It's the same fear. response as if like a bear was standing directly it's, behind you totally like a fight or flight kind of thing, right? Your flight pattern kicks in and you want to eject. But if you keep doing this and you keep talking to strangers, it becomes easier and easier and easier. It's like, uh, like the number one fear in life is public speaking. If you go up, yeah. if you've never done it, you're just petrified to do it. You freeze up, you clam up, you can't do it. But I promise you, if you gave a public speech once a week, by the end of the year, it would just feel natural. And it's because the things that we're already good at or we don't get scared to do, we don't realize we have a bunch of experience doing those things. So, and I think of that as taking risk, right? The fear response of most of our life is kind of routine, right? It's very, it's very easy to get complacence, routine. So we don't try a lot of new things. And however, but if you kind of teach yourself that's just, you know, like working out or something, if you're really weak, uh, let's say if you can't bench press anything, but if you start bench pressing three times a week, and you're doing reps and sets of bench press, then in three months you're going to be a lot stronger. And it's like the same thing, whether it's practicing an instrument, learning a language, working on a project. It's the compound effect of taking risks um, and overcoming those fears, things we're kind of scared of, that soon we develop that muscle where we become resistant to fear of risks, I guess, maybe if you want to call yeah. it, where it's like we become comfortable and don't even think about it. Or they don't seem as big and scary anymore. Uh, you know, it's like a, there's a quote or something. It's like 99.99999% of the things that we worry about 
never ever happen or come true. And I find myself, you know, checking my own self on that, but other people, and it's just like, don't even worry about it because the the statistical probability that coming true is so negligible, it's not even worth looking at, right? Uh, So yeah, I don't know, it's just that whole like, try new stuff and that that's what i contribute my curiosity to and one of my what i contribute a superpower of mine is curiosity it's just following the interest like learning things clicking buttons trying going out to public like at the end of the day at the end of life we zoom out we're all gonna and i don't know where I'll, i'm getting to this path but it's like i like to zoom out and say in the big grand scheme of things like what are the things we're gonna remember it's like we don't remember all those like little scary conversations, those risks. Like we remember those big key moments that stick out in life. And, you know, it's ask yourself in five years from now, am I going to remember this? Or in five days or five months, will I remember this? Like just go ahead and do it and like cultivate that strength of taking risk and you'll just get better and better. You'll start to move faster. You'll do more risk. You'll be uh, less fearful and and so on. Nice, man. Dude, that's kind of the, a tangent. That's the perfect place to end it. But you know what, Calvin? I'm an imperfect yeah. man. <laughs> so <laughs> that being said, uh, just to kind of wrap up the podcast, a couple of things, like real quick stories I want you to tell. Just um, kind of more like, I don't know, funnier slash adventurous stories. Um, I want you first. So a couple of things you hit on and I'm like, ooh, I would love if he could tell this story, but it didn't really fit in. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell about the time the 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 segue to stories yeah. that don't fit in? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Welcome to the new segment of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Doesn't fit. Brought to you by Chris Ward. <laughs> oh my god! I just laughed so hard my headphones came off. Um, yeah, man, that's a great segment. I freaking love that. <laughs> it almost only works for people I actually know, like you know that I'm friends with and know some of these stories. But uh, I want you quick to tell the story about the time you mentioned you living with Travis in college and you guys coming up with the idea of starting your own businesses. Um, and you guys are two of probably the two most successful people I know. And it's, this story just makes me smile so much because it's just funny. Like when you're a kid, you think of successful people. You're like, they were born like they were always successful, you know, which is obviously not the case. But uh I, I think I remember you telling me a story about you and Travis sitting in your apartment. And I remember that apartment like it was a <laughs> crap hole, man. Like, but it was a college apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was a shoebox. <laughs> totally. And you're sitting in your apartment and your landlord came to the door one day. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> so there Travis and I are talking about girls and parties and the meaning of life. <laughs> standing in her underwear in the middle of the living room <laughs> with the windows wide open and the blinds open exposed to the outer world the sun beaming glistening in on our bodies and rudely we get interrupted Ooh, dude you're like acting man yeah, acting so <laughs> and there it was travis was just about to lay on me the meaning of life <laughs> and rudely interrupted there's a knock on the door and the voice is something like it's Jerry. I'm here for rent. And Travis <laughs> and I just looked at each other like deers in the headlight. And he obviously could hear us talking. The windows are wide open. It's the middle of the day. And we don't even say anything. We instantly bolt, just bolt to our separate rooms <laughs> and jump in the closets. Like we didn't even communicate. I don't know if that 
split second deer in the headlights look at each other meant we like telepathically told each other, hey, run to your bedroom and jump in the closet and just ignore the landlord who's asking for rent. And we <laughs> stayed there for like a minute or two. And Jerry obviously realized that we weren't responding, even though he knew we were in there. So he leaves. We come out. We just start laughing. Cause, like <laughs> we went and hid from him because we didn't have rent money, right? And, like <laughs> it was pretty new into the our, our lease. I think probably it was probably like the first, second, or third payment. I don't know. But uh, you know, at this point, we're probably like a week late. It's like we didn't have rent money, and we always we always joke about that. And you know, part of our entrepreneurial endeavor, we we would honestly we would drive an hour each way, so two hours a day. We do this twice a week to go donate plasma to make sixty dollars a week to like pay for rent and stuff, right? And but it was on those trips where like we would talk about every possible idea known to man like how to make money right yeah. in our infancy and i'm sure all, all the ideas were terrible but by us practicing that and like just having those conversations and exploring those thoughts and then eventually like trying to start a business together which was we're like let's start a t-shirt clothing company because we're going to become millionaires because who doesn't wear clothes with cool designs <laughs> but like that just started the process of probably many more millions of conversations that him and him and I have had independently and exploring very similar thoughts around business entrepreneurship life and so on and like that's led us to be successful in our own careers like here we are you know we haven't worked together in probably 10 plus years but I would say yeah we're equally successful and by two different paths yeah definitely man it's funny like hiking with you guys or going on mancation um where we're all hanging out because you guys are super close friends and you're two of my best friends in the whole wide world, if not my two best friends. Um, but you have like different views. It's so funny. You like your viewpoints on, on certain topics are so completely <laughs> different. And I'm like, Whoa, I get to like check out two different views right now as they debate each other. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and that's, that's what's great. It's it's good to expand your viewpoints and horizons by getting more viewpoints from other because it's like you get an opportunity to hear or learn from somebody with a perspective from all their own experiences in life, all their cumulative experiences. Like you get to tap into that and like perhaps there's some nugget of knowledge to share with or so on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. A uh, couple other things real quick. Um, you were talking about like when you're starting to like physically get in shape. And I just yeah. flashed back. So like we really started becoming like really close friends when I lived in Des Moines and you climbed some mountains with me and Travis. And then you like instantly, like the next week, like sent me a text like, Hey man, I'm doing Mount Kilimanjaro. I need to train. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. Like I was so pumped. Like I said, that's my role in life is just be like, do it. Um, but the cheerleader we, role. Totally. And then, <laughs> but then reality kicked us in the face. And we're like, dude, we're in, we're in Des Moines, Iowa. Like, how is he going to train for a 19,000 foot mountain here? And do you remember, like, do you want to enlighten the audience about the little known Mount Des Moines? <laughs> yeah. So Des Moines, Iowa, which is, you know, Iowa is considered a flyover state. It's relatively pretty flat. It's not mountainous terrain or high elevation gains or anything. And every now and then you might discover a hill to hike. And Somebody, Brandon and Travis, our friends, knew about this place. I think it was them, but behind is uh, an ice hockey rink. Uh, there's like a sledding hill in the winter, which we called 
someone called it Mount Des Moines, I guess, amongst our friend group is what it's referred to. <laughs> but it's like a sledding hill. It's just like we showed up and started doing, I think, sprints up this awful, awful hill, which I've only been to a few times because it was just god-awful. But, <laughs> you know, it was a good reality check and opportunity to suck wind. And, you know, it's like conquering our own little mountain in our backyard of Des Moines. Yeah, man. Well, I also, I just like the idea of like, you can accomplish all these things. It doesn't matter where you, where you are. You'll you can find ways around these. And I think we did sprints, but then I also remember very specifically like strapping backpacks to our backs with yep. weight in them and just walking <laughs> up it like twenty five times. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. So we would, um, yeah. The whole idea, I you know, and that's probably a lesson we've learned is how can you mimic what you're training for in some yeah. sense. So yeah, we don't have big mountains to go walk up every day. But we do know that you're going to be carrying a backpack with weight on it, so we can <laughs> we can create that, right? Put a backpack on with we had like sandbags in there, and probably I think you had a kettlebell in yours and yeah. some sandbags, and we at least wanted to put that weight on and walk up and down the hill. Like that's how you mimic what you're kind of training for for that environment. And you know, then I my I had a gym membership to Anytime Fitness next to my office, and I would go in there and I'd bring my backpack in and I would do like workouts. Literally, I'd go for walks. On the treadmill, yeah. I would do like step ups. I would do like core stuff, like wearing the backpack. And people probably looked at me like an idiot or like, what is this guy doing? But I was intentional. It's like, you know, I wanted I wanted to be ready for like what I was going to be the hardest thing that I'd ever done in my life. Like, I, you know, I thought it was going to be that was my impossible at the time. Yeah. That's what I was training for. And I trained my ass off for that thing. And, you know, when I got there, like, you know, when I finished, it's like, hey, that was relatively easy. But had I not trained yeah. and got in good shape, it would have been a whole lot harder. Yeah, man. I, I even hate to bring this up on here in case someone steals our idea from like six years ago. But backpackworkout.com. <laughs> backpackworkout.com. We were going to be like, we saw we, I don't know, just like a <laughs> niche workout thing for all the backpackers. Yeah. You know? Well, I remember going in my backyard in Des Moines uh, and doing pull-ups on a dog cage. We didn't even have a dog. There was a dog kennel back there. And I would do pull-ups with a backpack on. And I'm like, backpackworkout.com. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, to me, there's a huge lesson there that I would love for your listeners to take away from, and I apply this often, is that when I look at the grand scheme of life, and again, our days are very routine, but for the most part, life is pretty simple, right? Uh, we've got the basic and fundamentals, and just spend your time trying to master the basics and fundamentals, uh, and that's going to get you really far in life. And if, and if you've got, say, you want to train for something or you got some big goal, you want to start a business or train for an event or step into a fearful, fearful world or try something risky, just try to think about what that environment would be like and then start working on those skill sets. So I hope this is making sense, but it's like try to imitate that, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Like, I was training for Mount Kilimanjaro. We didn't have any mountains to go hike every day. So we hiked up a hundred foot hill with a backpack on. And it's like, you know, how can you imitate that to grow yourself over time? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Let's, uh, let's kind of wrap up here. And it's funny, dude, we didn't even get at what I like the main thing I want to talk about, but we'll, let's we'll just save it. What? Wait, sorry. What? We might as well jump into it real quick. Okay. Um, I mentioned on an earlier podcast, uh about the concept of expanding capacity in our yeah. lives and i remember you sent me this really cool video message um where you, you know it really kind of like intrigued you and kind of ignited some ideas in your head so 
Yeah, I was like, when I was writing my list, like I said, I had three years or three years, three things written on my like, this is what I'm going to talk to Calvin about. And this was the main one and we haven't even hit on it yet. <laughs> so the, I know I know specifically where we got that from was your episode with Scott. Yes. I can't remember Sears. his name. The Gurkha guy. The, the guy Antarctic who's Gurkha. Yeah. Ant, Antarctic Gurkha who's, you know, self-supported reaching he, the South Pole. He's but halfway the, through right now, man. He's, he's Bon Jovi in it right now. He's crushing it he's halfway uh, there <laughs> at the end of the episode you and brady were talking about the idea like how can you've been thinking about how can we expand our ability to do more right and yeah. same and one thing that lately i heard another podcast was they're talking about steve jobs reflecting on his life and steve jobs on his deathbed people are asking him what he's going to be remembered for and people instantly think like the iphone the ipod apple and he said his greatest accomplishment was the team that he built. That's what he was the most proud of, which allowed his ideas to come to life. Like these people are the ones who built the iPad, the iPhone, like Steve Jobs didn't, the team did. And I think in that answer somewhere, at least what resonates for me is one way to expand our capacity to do more is to surround ourselves with great people and try to form teams and partnerships and leverage other people's unique abilities to do more. Yeah, face it as a community <clears throat> rather than just one person. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I love that. Um, what's one kind of, like, obviously, like, expanding capacity in our lives, I definitely, that's, there's so many different ways, but I think that's really powerful. And that's something that we had when we lived in Des Moines that I do miss, and I am envious of you, is you have this really interesting group of people that you hang out with and you get to have these you guys have deep conversations and you have conversations that not i don't think is it's not the norm of most people our age you know like a lot of people right it seems like we're we're in our early 30s and it seems like this is the age where people get comfy and you guys <laughs> have conversations that definitely make you not comfy you know like you are you put yourself into conversations that really allow you to think and reflect and do all these awesome things that you're doing so yeah man that's interesting i didn't even think about it that way is um you know finding a really good group of people to to kind of utilize each other and help each other along the way like that's awesome man your your mind is just like the body of we have the physicality and the mentality and if you don't exercise and work your muscles your strength is going to deteriorate right same thing happens with the mind like you need to challenge it and expand it and like think through scenarios or ask tough questions so that way you're asking more questions and more important questions which lead you to better answers and give you an intentional life yeah that's great what's uh what's one last kind of actionable step people can take after listening to this podcast um to got you know just just towards general achievement Honestly, I would pull up a blank document or grab a journal yeah. and just don't even think just as quickly as possible, no filter, start writing down ideas, projects, things you would like to accomplish, places you would like to go and just start writing it down. Don't worry about knowing how to do those or how to accomplish, but just get those out so you can create a list because if you don't write it down, high probability it's not going to happen. So write them down and then later on figure out how to make them happen. I love it, man. Love it. Dude, you're the best. Uh, like 
congratulations on just being an awesome person. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for having me back for episode trace. Episode trace. Episode, wait, what's for? Quattro is going to <laughs> blow your guys' minds at some point in the future. Trust me. Because I know I just I just have a feeling about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll get back at you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, see you. All right, guys. Uh, that wraps up the show for this week. Huge thanks to Calvin. Check out his Instagram. Um, it'll be motivating to you, I promise. Uh, check out Join 100 Club. Join it. Set your own goal. Spend 100 days tackling that goal. It's free. It's free. I don't know how else to like that's <laughs> that's the most important thing, guys. It's free and it'll help you accomplish that goal, you know, by taking step by step, by going from A, B, C, D, all the way to step Z, hopefully. Um, yeah, just by using the power of consistency and intention to get to your goal. Uh but so thank you, Cal. You rock, you're the man. I'm so excited to have you on in the future, just because I just, I have a feeling you're going to be doing some cool stuff in the future. Just saying, just saying. Um, a couple of things I want to bring up in the outro here. Uh, speaking of consistent action and consistent, uh, you know, progress towards a goal. I have always wanted to become a better swimmer. So growing up, I was never a swimmer. I mean, I would go in a pool, obviously, like I knew how to dog paddle and stuff, but I never swam competitively. So I never really even like took on a swimming workout, even though it always seemed good because it's a full body thing. You know, you see swimmers, they get out of the pool, they look like, like uh, jacked, like Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. I don't know if he's a swimmer, but you know what I mean? Like you get that jacked swimmer, like awesomeness. So I was like, I want to be a swimmer. That'd be cool. Um first day first time i ever went to a like a actual swim workout i was in danville virginia i went to a master's swim class and let me tell you there's nothing better for your ego than to go to something that you have no like no reason to be there and you know, having that something be called masters. <laughs> so I showed up and I just got my ass handed to me for a good 50 minutes, um, struggling, like everyone's swimming laps, no problem. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, right. Um, <laughs> and I get out of the pool and all of a sudden my, like, my face feels weird. I don't know how else to put it. My face just it's starting to go numb and I go in the locker room and I look and my lips are like starting to become puffy and then my eye starts swelling up and my right eye is like slowly closing as I'm speaking and I get to my car and I'm like oh my god what is happening to me um as my eye completely closes off and my lips get even more puffier and so naturally I don't call my wife who's a doctor mind you, but I call my best friend, Travis Stefan, and I call him and I'm starting to talk to him like, dude, something is happening. What do I do? And he was just like, Hey man, maybe you should call your wife. <laughs> um, and I got home and, uh, you know, Lindsay took one look at me and she's like, you're having an allergic reaction. Uh, you should take some Benadryl. 
I'm like, okay. And I take my shirt off and my whole entire body's red. And I still don't really know what happened, but it was some sort of allergic reaction to something in the pool, um, even though I've been in that pool before. So anyways, needless to say, that was the first workout. Um, Then I kind of, I just didn't do a swim workout for like a year. So I, I started again about a month ago and I jumped in the pool with my cousin, Ben, who's a swimmer. And he just looks at me. He's like, Hey man, I'm going to warm up. Uh, I'm going to do a thousand yards to warm up. I'm like, yeah, you go do that, dude. <laughs> I'll do 200 yards in the time it takes you to do that. And so I start swimming, I'm struggling. It's not fun, but I'm enjoying the process of learning something new. And Ben's teaching me some forms and stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. And it was the first like thing where for me to like break into or break out of my comfort zone, if I go with someone else first, it's that introduction of like, okay, I know what this is now and now I can do it by myself. And so since that moment, I've been going to the pool a couple times a week. I've been swimming laps. We've slowly gone from, you know, going down and back and then having to gasp for air like a fish out of water for, you know, about a minute to today, finally, four weeks later, feeling like I'm comfortable swimming, feeling like I'm comfortable breathing while swimming. And I was able to do 150 yards without stopping. I was able to do that a few times. Um, total, I did about 1400 yards. So close to that mile goal. Um, and I felt great. And so I guess just a reminder here is if you have something you're, you're trying to work towards, you're not going to get it instantaneously. Like too many times we can go on Instagram and see world-class athletes and you're like oh i want to do that and even though it's so unreasonable to assume the first time you do whatever that activity is whether it's snowboarding or in my case swimming the first time you take that on it's totally unreasonable to think you're gonna be a world-class athlete even though that would be nice it's not realistic so you gotta go through those struggles and there's gonna be times where those workouts or those you know the quest for the goal there's gonna be times where it sucks and it's just hard and stuff but those are the moments that lead you to the moments like I had today where I felt pretty good (laughs) and obviously I'm not at where I want to be right now but I'm definitely celebrating like take time to celebrate the little victories um the second thing I want to mention uh in the outro my Calvin mentioned, um, you know, heading back to, uh, heading back to Iowa to go to a a funeral and it was one of my best friend's moms and, um, it's been, it's been a tough month or two. Um, she got sick about a month ago and, um, unfortunately it was, it was too quick. Um, and she was just like the most amazing person just brought so much light and beauty and laughter and sarcasm beautiful sarcasm uh which we loved so much to to our our friend group and she was kind of a mom to all of us and you know we'll miss her and we love her so much um but it just it's one of those things man where it's like there are people in your life and this has happened to me a few times but there are people in your life where you just assume you like you'll wake up 
from here on out and they'll always be there you know like you always you're gonna assume they're you know like that person's always gonna be here be here you know and unfortunately you know that's not necessarily the case um people can leave your life very quickly so uh just want to just send out a reminder i mean be grateful be grateful for the people you have right now in this moment and give them hugs give them kisses send them some love laugh with them smile with them just enjoy them in this moment right here right now um yeah i think that's where we want to end it this week i'm gonna go enjoy my daughter who's currently yelling at the tv because she's telling dora where she should go explore all right guys we'll get back at you next week see ya